Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Wes Anderson, Jory Webb, David Bush, and Nate Edison. May the Force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Casual fam, Flying Casual Part 2 coming at you here and that may not make a lot of sense to you all but it does to this table because we just went 15 minutes long in an epic conversation and mike looked down to see how long we've been going turns out we weren't recording so we are now and i feel so bad but we're really gonna get back into it here and this may be a more condensed conversation than it just was um but Holly, are you from? I, I want to ask you how you're doing, but I already did. You 20 didn't minutes even ago. give us two seconds I to didn't. come back from that. No, so. we're just, you know, the, 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 the not so great Bill O'Reilly said mm-hmm. once, F it, we'll do it live. That's right. And we did it live 20 minutes ago for Chewy. For Chewy. And Audience he, of one. He's sitting I wish back to a, us. I wish we had a Chewy. He's pissed. I wish we had a Chewy cam. He's really mad. Um, so, guys, I, this may not, you know, make a ton of sense. You're like, what are these guys? What are these guys on right now? Well, I, I, that's Mike's fault because we had a great conversation going and we were not recording, and now we're starting it. Um, so, I've got Luke and Holly with me in the studio, and now I, we're no, I, the vocals are primed. We're halfway done with our beers, which is good. Maybe the conversation will floweth even more. Um, but guys, we were talking about Star Wars news in that conversation, and we were leading the conversation off with the reveal, well, the leak, we should say, that Palpatine and the Rise of Skywalker was in fact a clone. And what I was telling these guys 15 minutes ago is that I wasn't that surprised by this news. I kind of assumed he was in some sort. I felt like he was probably obliterated um, on the second Death Star there at the end of um, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, but then I went to my co-host here and man, it was an interesting conversation. A lot of phrasings. I mean, Holly had one of the best jokes ever. Then it's now it's not recorded. And I couldn't even tell you what the joke is. Holly. No idea. No she's, idea. She's a little out of control. That was a little wrong. It was, but let's be honest. It'll come naturally phrasing. <laughs> There's one for you to start it off with. Uh, but Luke, I went to you about Palpatine and I, and I know we're going to rehash it again. I'm so sorry, but were you surprised by our friend old Palps just, you know, having a clone of himself? Or was this just news? You're like, yeah, I kind of assumed that that was the case, and he's on a contraption there and then uh, Exegol. Well, I have a poor short-term memory, so this will be as enjoyable (laughs) as the first time around. Uh, uh, What I would have said to you 15 minutes ago Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. I wasn't really concerned about about how Palpatine reemerged. It was the least, or not least, but one of the less important yeah. things I was wondering about with Palpatine's reemergence for Rise of Skywalker. So I haven't spent a lot of time over the past yeah. two, two and a half months wondering. Uh, I figured maybe yeah, there'd be more detail coming out, especially in the novelization. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense that yeah. they're, they're digging into it there. But just wasn't wasn't too worried about it. Yeah. Um, I did wonder uh, why he wasn't whole. Yeah. If he yeah. was a clone, you figure if you got... True. You got the sort of resources that Palps has. Yeah, you can manage uh, maybe to pull off a cl- a clone with yeah flesh on its hands, flesh on its hands, <laughs> or, some, or something, bony. or <laughs> legs of some kind. Yeah, and they, may, yeah. they don't have to be great legs. They weren't legs of any kind. Give yeah. the guy some fingernails. Yeah, 
I th- he may have had some though. Did he not? They weren't great. Oh yeah, I know. They could have used a, more, a little more, a more gloss, a little more color. I have a great manicurist. He could do it too. Oh, is that what they're called, manicurists? That's great. That's uh, many petty. Many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine though? He's hanging on that crane, right? And one of his like hands, whatever you call them, comes over and just lifts up the robe, and they're just like talons, bringing out like a I don't know. They're just, you know, shaving down his toenails. Or maybe there's tiny little feet under that robe. You know, a better way to have said that would be, can you imagine walking into the spa and Uh, Palpatine Uh, is sitting in a chair? Well, but but I'm I'm thinking of him on Exegol. Now, if that crane was mobile and takes him into some nail salon and he's like, whatever he would say. I don't even know. That was a terrible Palpatine impersonation. (laughs) I'm a little thrown off because we're starting over the podcast. and It went so well and I feel so bad. Uh, but only the three of us will remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. But Holly, I, 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 you now know Palpatine was a clone. Were you surprised? Okay, I don't. I still don't think that we actually know that Palpatine okay. was a clone. You're not believing the leak so much. No, because okay. what I said earlier was that I don't. I think that after watching the Clone Wars, we see that so many clones have their own personalities yeah. and their own. You know, they're their own people. Ultimately, they just look like other clones. And I thought that it just seemed strange that this Palpatine was, like, so, like, just seemed like the same Palpatine that we had seen before, just looking a little bit different. Well, and you guys were talking about before, I feel so bad referencing that now because it's hard to make it organic again, but a bad batch of Palpatine, so to speak. A little knockoff on the Clone Wars there, but maybe there are other Palpatines out there running, and maybe this was the most successful. And I think Luke even mentioned they're like, "Holy crap! Like the Empire's ready to go, and and these guys, we gotta we gotta push out something, you know, because Ray and Ben are primed and ready to meet. Like, throw our best guy out there, and he's the one with no legs and tiny little hands." Well, I like your idea that I was accusing him of having no feet or legs, but you think they're just miniature and just underneath the little robes. tiny ones there. You just got to peel back the robes and there are the little feet. Now I just see Palpatine, but his body's like a penguin. Yeah. Maybe. That's probably because here's the thing. If they would have la- allowed him to walk and he's walking like a penguin. Yeah, it's not That's intimidating. That's not very menacing. Like, oh, you know? little Palpatine. But Put him he, on the crane. Is he menacing on a crane? <laughs> I think yeah, so. Creepy. It was creepy yeah. as I'll get out, I thought. Our, but Ray and Ben didn't think. Well, that know. here's the whole. That, I have issues with that whole scene. I felt like it was a little. I felt like it could have mm-hmm. been better. Mm-hmm. But the crane to me wasn't the issue. Um, right. But yeah, if you. <laughs> Penguin Palpatine. Penguin just helps. You know, I also thought. Get me your force. I brought this up earlier. Yeah. I think that. What if Snoke was like a failed Palpatine yes. clone? Yeah. And like you can see all the different little Snokes in the little jars of yeah. what did you say probably formaldehyde or something. Yeah. yeah. And then like what if Snoke was just like supposed to be Palpatine, worked, wasn't great, and wasn't I, a good guy. And I think that's a huge possibility because remember when Ben Solo or Kylo Ren at the time in the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker is showing up on Exegol. Those scientists are still going to work. They're writing stuff down. Things are flowing. It's not like they're like, all right, boys, 
got the clone. Let's get out of here. Like, they're working on it. So. Son of us. <laughs> Kylo's here. Get, get, get him out. Get, get him, him out. on the crane. Get him on the crane. Like, yeah, it's, it's. I, I don't know. I, it seemed like they were, there was still work to be done. So I think it's absolutely possible that may, maybe they tried to put Palpatine in a more menacing character like, like uh, Snoke. Almost mm-hmm. forgot his name there, <laughs> and it just guy. didn't work. Maybe they're like, "What to take someone's essence and make them, you know, into a different body?" Maybe though he was very powerful. That would be like an anti-clone, though. What would that be? I don't know, but it, it, Palpatine himself said, "I've been all of these people to to Kylo." I've yes. been, I, you know, he and he it did all of their impressions. I, I don't know what else to call him, but he did a Vader. He did a he did a Snoke, and he did himself like he did himself. That sounds Ooh. terrible. Wow, that's <laughs> impressive, you know, Palpatine clone. Um, but so I don't know. There's, I don't know. It well, wouldn't be a clone this, at that point. This right? theory and thought that I am having Come for on. the first time this and is, voicing for the new. first time that this I haven't ever voiced I before had an air horn. is uh, what Holly. Holly's points got me thinking about was yeah that there were some irons in the fire early on and that yeah. Palpatine had clones out there ready to go yeah. in some sort of stasis in the f- formaldehyde solution like the the many Snokes. And that maybe, yeah. maybe, and I've never said this before to anyone. Yeah. I am trusting you with this information. Come on. Come on. Perhaps. I'm recording, uh, so it's it's forever. Perhaps some from the Rebellion or the New Republic found some of those and destroyed them. And that's why there's only that like one mangled one left. Yeah. Uh, but the idea... I just had this crazy thought that actually is original and not voiced mm-hmm. 15 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, when you were talking about Snoke, like, y- you know, Palpatine had, and I just read this in one of the um, the first Vader line I'm almost through reading, the first Vader comic line I'm almost through reading. Um, I'm way behind because they're on like the third one yeah. now. But um, there's a scene between Palpatine and, and Vader where he talks about how he had other apprentices before Vader and mm-hmm. even... He gets pissed at Vader after the destruction of the de- first Death Star and starts to test out some other people who might be able to take Vader's place. And ultimately, yep. we know Vader maintains his position, but it could have gone any either way. Yeah. And he, you know, he sort of walks Vader through this history and says, "And still, you've risen, and you are still my my worthy apprentice." Yep. But Palpatine likes to have a, a plan B, C, oh, yeah. oh, potentially yeah. D, and so on. So maybe maybe Snoke originally was somebody that Palpatine was cultivating on the side while Vader was still right. around in the era of the rebellion who then sort of takes over a bit more once yeah. Palpatine and Vader are out of the picture. Yeah. I could we still don't have a ton of Snoke backstory, so mm-hmm. I could That's still true. see that as a potential filling in of Snoke's backstory that I think Andy Serkis gave some interviews at one point and said Ryan Johnson or Probably JJ actually, because JJ is more the creator of the character. Told him Snoke is really old. Snoke's been around. Snoke just yep. didn't pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, that's true. And if that's true, then this this idea of him being a Plan B for Palpatine on Vader um, could could be could be the case. Yeah. You know? And and if he has been around for a while, maybe even someone else started this whole project. I don't know if if we were going to learn about, you know, Palpatine. Palpatine was going to send, I guess, Ben Solo to train with uh, 
what was what was the guy's name in the in the Colin Trevorrow script? Oh, Tor, Spider-Man? Tor Valum? Tor Valum. Spider-Man. Sweet Peter Parker. Um, maybe someone else kind of started this thing and, 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 and it was really Palpatine that was able to manipulate its mind and get it to where it needed to be. Or maybe he really isn't that old and he just is, has old knowledge bestowed onto him. I because whenever I, I guess when I heard Palpatine make those remarks in the Rise of Skywalker, you know, I've, I've been in your ear all along, and he does the Vader, he does, the the Snoke. I always just assumed he was impersonating those people, but he could have created Snoke, yeah. and just really manipulated him so much, and he could have been his Plan B, so to speak, part of that contingency plan. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's it's maybe he isn't a clone. Maybe something bigger is going on, and like yeah. original Palpatine was a clone, and there's just wow. something else happening. That's what they meant in the novel. It's just trickling down, and it's clone after clone. Holy shnikes. I guess it wouldn't be clone after clone then, though. It would be like creation after creation of someone to yeah. do someone else's bidding. Yeah. Here's yeah. a crazy question. When is the oh. novelization actually supposed to come out? Do we have a date on that? Negative. Yeah. This is yeah. the one that was delayed. Yeah, they pushed it back. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, Because yes. I think like the I think the last Jedi novelization was out around the time of the home video release. Like by this around yeah, this time so. of year. Uh so yeah, so I think this one's expected later. Okay. At this point. We should know, but we don't. We have no idea. Didn't I, read the fine details, uh, but that's okay. So we, we'll have to revisit it. Maybe when we actually get our hands on the full picture yeah, of what absolutely what's going on. And this is a much more fascinating topic than I originally thought it was going to be. And that's why it's great to talk about Star Wars with friends because I may be thinking this is, you know, really uninteresting stuff. And then these guys tap into something I haven't even thought about. And the fact that there could be multiple Palpatines out there now, and if the Republic was really the New Republic, even was hunting them down, that may that may explain a little why Leia and Luke had an idea that Palpatine was still around. Well, there were some failed little gross, you know, goo Palpatines out there we had to destroy with a laser sword. I'm sure there are more. And the other thing is, they ain't going to be making them all in Exegol. Right, you got to stash them in different spots. Yeah, if someone goes and finds eggs, go. Yeah, I know you got to have a wayfinder to get there. Someone's gonna find it. Luke almost did. Like you gotta, you gotta have your assets in different places. Maybe in some of those observatories that we heard about, you know, in 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 aftermath and stuff. So who knows? Who knows? If there's just a lot there, and and I'm sure there are some things we missed from our prior conversation, but uh, way more fascinating than I thought it would be. Um, um, yeah. Am I incorrect that I? And this is probably just a rumor, but I thought I read something that there is possibly going to be a movie set on exegol yeah there were some rumors flying along those lines i don't know what to believe anymore and i don't, I don't know yeah i hardly believe any rumor until there's a trailer of something that's else. yeah <laughs> that's fair that's when it's real that's right and typically we don't talk about rumors too much but this seems legitimate um so we're gonna fly with it and and we'll see what happens in the coming weeks and when we get our hands on that that novel, I'm sure we'll, we'll find out a little more about Palpatine than we did even here. Um, so great conversation, guys, for round two. I thought that was even 
really solid too. But Holly, really sorry we didn't have the joke recorded, but probably the best Mm. in history. I will just tease everyone with that. So think long and hard phrasing and maybe it will come back to you also phrasing. Um, So that's a little bit of Star Wars news right now, guys. Um, And we are going to get to our top three Star Wars scores here soon, or I should say soundtracks. That's how we're framing it. Um, But before we do that, there's also another bit of news that came out this week um, regarding Star Wars. Project Luminous. They have been, you know, teasing us with Project Luminous for a while now. I remember hearing about it at Star Wars Celebration and being like, what the heck could this be? It felt like it was, you know, book related um, and it wasn't so much movie related. And then you start hearing the High Republic. Everyone starts talking about the High, what's the High Republic? Everyone feels like they know it already. Oh yeah, the High Republic. It's like, that's a new thing. No one knows. And then we get this announcement in this, I'm going to call it a trailer because it felt like a trailer um, that drops on the High Republic. And I'm going to just lead off and say I was blown away holly i made you watch the trailer mm-hmm. and i know you offered your insights on casual counsel but refresh me what what would what, you think um i guess as someone who just started the star wars book club it's very exciting to yeah. see some new content that's coming out um stuff that nobody else in the book club can say like oh i've already read that yeah. because no one's read that's it yet. right Um, But I thought that something really cool straight away that I noticed was that there is a variety of content that's coming out. There's going to be comics. There's going to be young adult novels. There's going to be middle reader novels. And then they're coming out with an adult novel. So there's kind of something for everything, which I think is really important right now when some things in Star Wars are kind of slowing down. Um, So I'm really excited to check all of that out. Um, Also, I know we talked about this on the Casual Council, but it was really cool to see all of the authors that we know and we love mm. in one room together brainstorming. Yeah, and I thought that was really fantastic. Chills. Mm-hmm. Gave me chills. Luke. Very exciting. What'd you think, my friend? Were you, I, I, is this overdue? I was almost thinking, are they announcing a, a new animated series along with this, with this? When they started doing the trailer and they were yeah. showing the Jedi Temple, I was like, yeah. wait, is that footage? Yeah. From one of the movies, is that footage yeah. from the Clone Wars? What what are they doing here? And I thought they were going to launch like along with these this storyline of these books. Like, oh, we're doing an animated show too. So I was yeah. like, my mind went racing to a place that it didn't need to go at first, and then I had to pull it back, reverse it. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it was very well done. Like it, it felt like a trailer, it which m- made my mind go to yeah. show. Yeah. So it kind of tricked me, and but I like what Holly's saying, and and you wonder how much. If at all this has ever happened before with these authors, yeah. I'm guessing not because mm-hmm. a lot of them first, I think, had to be proven, given a chance, do Absolutely. their thing. Absolutely. And then show like, okay, now they're part of the Star Wars roster yep. mm-hmm. of authors and now they're bringing them all together. So, yeah, that is really exciting to see uh, that potential level of coordination. There's always been the people at Lucasfilm Publishing or whatever presumably coordinating a lot of these things. Um, but to, to think that all the authors are, are sharing ideas. And I listened to um, an interview with one of them. Maybe it was on one of the Star Wars YouTube shows. Okay. They Or maybe it was in the trailer. I can't recall. Yeah. But they said how uh, they, I think it was the author of the, the first novel that's coming out, Kevin Scott, I think, said 
you know, it was great. We could just, you know, we kind of hit a stumbling block in our process of, of writing our story. Yeah. And we would just contact all these authors and say, here's where I am. Here's what's going on. What do you think about this? Yeah. And they would get, they would help each other out and they would throw stuff out to each other. Yep. Uh, and that, that's a really interesting, you know, way of, of doing this. You think of an author writing a book and they're like cloistered yep. in a cabin in the woods with their typewriter and they're, <laughs> yeah. they're going away and they're losing their mind and pulling their hair out, just trying to do this all, all by themselves or whatever. Uh, so it was really interesting to think of that process playing out with all these minds kind of getting together on things and, and maybe a lot more coordination in the stories yeah. interweaving Absolutely. in different ways. And story group was there too with them, right? Like we saw Pablo there. He, I think he spoke in the trailer. We saw Claudia Gray. Did I see Timothy Zahn? Was I making that up? I could have swore I, I saw him. I don't recall if I, I saw gotta him watch it again. Not. Honestly, I don't know. Sorry, Timothy, but I don't know if I could like pick him out That's off okay. the street. I'm not sure. They're still using his 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 photos and the published material from 1995. Well, and mm. so I don't know. Recognize him now. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to play in this era. He's working on another Thrawn trilogy yeah. as a like a prequel trilogy to the mm -hmm. the one that recently came out, I believe. But I don't think that is connected with this whole high republic oh, thing Oh, not so fast my friend well we're gonna yeah, get to yeah. that but uh, here here's something that that um and this is great this is why i love talking to like jory and nate because jory went and did a couple freeze frames mm -hmm. oh Ooh. on the and when they were actually writing on the whiteboard what did he say he saw <laughs> sith empire yeah ewoks uh-huh, with a question mark. Question mark. I just saw a big Star Wars with a heart next to it, and I was like, I mean, okay, they yeah. They, they started off right. We Deep all love analysis. Star Wars, right? <laughs> We're in a grant's cool. But so to, to me, I know we've only been getting new canon material, and we've only been seeing these authors in a few, you know, few novels, but it feels like it's overdue in the fact that we're taking all these great story writers and putting them together and doing a Star Wars project. I don't know why it feels like it's overdue. It does, though. Um, so like Luke, I thought it was going to be a movie or something. I'm like, oh, my God, we're getting all these people together to make a Star Wars movie or a trilogy or something or a series. Um, but when I found out, you know, they're just writing this material, I started just thinking how genius this concept is. I'm going to tell you why. And you're probably going to hear it in the Casual Council. I'm really sorry. You're going to hear repeated idea that i have but you'll probably hear it here first hopefully here first as long as we're recording which you know triple red lights on we are <laughs> we better be. um you don't have to put on the red light <clears throat> sorry mm, about okay. that that was my best Thank you, sting. Uh, sting impression yes that was terrible <laughs> it's like your palpatine um, impression no copyright infringement i'm not feeling the impressions today usually yeah. i am today it's all all thrown off your palpatine impression might have been on the one that wasn't recorded yeah that was a good one i think yeah. <laughs> an inside joke yeah yeah, that's okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so here's here's my thoughts, guys, with the High Republic. I feel like this is a testing ground for and going back in Star Wars time. A lot of people love. You don't hear too much criticism of the novels, right? And when you think High Republic, my first thought was, oh, my God, they, like it, it was the Old Republic. Now we're calling it the High Republic. We're going back thousands of years. Well, are you going back 200 years, which we were talking about in Casual Council. Yoda's in play now. Some other characters, maybe, maybe even Thrawn. We don't know. But it feels like this is a testing ground to build up storylines 
build up characters that we may love coming into this. If it does, if it's not really successful, we're not really into it. Cool. We only went back 200 years. Wasn't the greatest thing. Cool. Maybe we'll go further back in time and give you more of that older public stuff. But it's a genius, I think, in that they're able to create new characters. We're not messing with any older public stuff because we may tap into that. We may bring back Revan. We may bring back the Sith Emperor and the Sith Empire. We may do that. And that may be involved with the High Republic here. They just don't know about it. But it feels like they're building up something and saying, we're going to see how this plays out. And maybe we'll make a television series. Maybe we'll even make a trilogy about it. Maybe it'll play into, you know, movies from other, not eras, but other places. Maybe the Sith Empire. They just don't know about the Sith Empire. So, I, what do you, Luke, what do you think? Is, is, could this be a thing? Is, is this what they're doing? It's, it's hard for me to imagine down their line certain things turning in, flowing in the direction of book, comic story towards yeah. film or even show. I think Disney Plus maybe gives us more opportunity yeah. for that, at yeah. least in a, a smaller scale, but it's still such an investment to create True. even a, a show for a streaming service. So I don't know if, if the creative juices will ever flow in that direction yeah. you know uh it'd be nice i i almost wish they would adapt some current things into yeah. um an animated show or even a, mm -hmm. a a movie um before trying to create a new ground to do so which yeah. makes me think i don't really think that's where they're going with this they're just trying to keep the novels turning because they obviously in the comics and everything yeah. they're doing well enough Sales-wise and, and interest-wise, mm -hmm. you know, to keep that whole part of the company going. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to see Dark Disciple adapted True. in an animated True. or um, live action. I'd love to see Lost Stars done, given that treatment. So I, I feel like there's already stuff out there to pull in terms of taking from book to screen. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Who knows? Like you were saying, it might just be to generate interest in that general time period yeah, if that's yeah, yeah. where the stories are going. Because maybe they're yeah. a little hesitant story-wise moving forward to actually go forward in the yeah. timeline from, yeah. from 9. And maybe they feel more comfortable going backwards. Absolutely. So maybe not direct adaptations, but just mm -hmm. get everyone thinking more in that time frame. Absolutely. I also think that it makes sense that they would go back a little bit in time because I think... Star Wars is notorious for doing things in kind of a backwards order yeah. and we learn about the future and then we go back and we fill in the gaps mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe we learn more about things that are already going to happen first. I don't know. That's probably the same thing I just said, No, <laughs> but I just like, I guess I wouldn't be, I'm not too surprised that we are going a little bit back and kind of filling in those gaps. No. And I think, one of those things that we brought up on casual council is that what if the prophecy of the chosen one was we learn about how that kind of started during this time. Could it have been from thousands of years ago? Yes. But I think that would be something cool that would tie in that the star Wars saga that we know it into this kind of new era that isn't that far off. If Yoda's around, he could very well be a Jedi master at this point. So will he be referenced? That would be cool. Um, we still don't know how this species ages. He he could still be 
<laughs> a baby, teenager. <laughs> baby version or whatever. That's you know, true. We still, that's very that's, true. That's out there. How long it takes to get from, yeah. from baby Yoda to that's true. old Yoda. That's true. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And another thing that kind of, the concept art from these stories is fantastic. I love, and that's half the reason why we thought that this was a show or a movie production mm-hmm. is because they're doing all this concept art. Yeah, they brought in um, the same guy that did the concept art for like Darth Maul yeah. and some of those characters. Absolutely. He drew them up so it makes sense that we would kind of feel that same vibe and Absolutely. that same energy from this art. Absolutely, and, and it was gorgeous. I mean, there was a lot of yellow lightsaber action. We saw some double-bladed mm-hmm. action, some hilts. Their, their robes and, and everything they were doing felt older. Even some of the concept art threw me back to the artwork for the novels in the 90s. The covers. It just had that feel. And an, one thing I need for them to address, this is one issue I have with going back to the Old Republic and, and thousands of year, years ago and, and, and comparing it to the, the, the Skywalker saga that we know not a lot, you know, technology-wise has changed. You know, we're still using laser swords. Everyone has blasters. They're the same speeders around there. I, I just, I need it to be a little different. So maybe, you know, we have some older technology, which would be great. I don't want to say more primitive, but maybe even when we go back thousands of years, the weapons are a little different. It's not all these laser swords. Um, is anyone else sharing that in that gripe of mine? It's a small gripe, but it just kind of, I don't know, thousands of years past technology couldn't have been perfect there to where it hasn't kind of improved much. Right. I think the idea is that the technology as we see it in, in the star Wars movies is so advanced to the point that, uh, they can't go much farther. Yeah. That's true. So, and it's just been that way for a while. That's true. I think. Who knows? But I think if you ask George, you, you he would say, "Oh, you'd have to go back, yeah, thirty thousand years to even yeah. see different technology because they had figured it out so much by then. They just, there was just nowhere more for them to go. That's true. And and they kind of reached where they needed to be. And that's, I mean, from our pr- perspective of of human history on Earth, mm-hmm. in reality, oh God, here we go. That's it, hard to imagine because if we look at from our relatively short lifetimes even the way technology yeah. looks when we were born to yep. what none of this on this table really existed that's in right. many ways that's that right. we are recording this on and everything that's true that's true in in just a couple decades so it doesn't make sense from our earthly perspective that's true i think yeah, george would say oh it's just you they, they got as far as you can really like, go it's just accepted they, it's they, all shit they plateaued and it's been at that plateau for tens of thousands of years so yeah i can go back 200 years and it's gonna look the same yeah right and, and i think i misspoke earlier and i have to try to correct myself i think charles soul is doing the first charles novel that's coming out the first novel, which is and i awesome. said kevin scott but just for the record it's charles soul no, that may not even have been recorded luke so you might be in the up who up. knows i don't know what is and what isn't anymore <laughs> what's real what's recorded i'm confused but, well <laughs> it, i'm actually so excited for charles soul because his comics have been some of star wars greatest um if you've read some of the main line, if you've read the Darth Vader line, like it's some of the best stuff out there right now, story-wise. And it's seeing him in the novel realm is going to be amazing. I cannot wait to pick my hands or put my hands on what? What do we know what it's called? The, the yes, it's called Light of the Jedi. Light of the Jedi. And let's let's 
I feel like Star Wars and Lucasfilm has been listening to people. A lot of the fans with the sequel trilogy have been, seems like deprived of lightsabers. I feel like this is, there's lights, there's gonna be lightsabers everywhere. There's gonna be so many lightsaber battles in this thing. I mean, you're gonna get your fill here soon. Um, there's but, literally a piece of concept art that you can get on starwars.com that is just a line of Jedi oh, wielding lightsabers. God. And it's actually very cool My dream. because it's just, it's so diverse and there's like a wolf yeah. creature Come on. in here. That looks, that looks Ooh. a lot like the wolves from rebels. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's all very cool. And there One are so many. One of them looks dark saber-ish. You know, Ooh. and there's yeah. like a double light. A double white yeah. lightsaber side by side, not on different ends. There's a pink yeah. one, orange, yeah. light blue, green, dark blue, purple, black. Let's go. It's just it's All just over. very diverse. Yeah, and I and we're and we're probably gonna learn about that. You know, we Star Wars doesn't really tell us a whole lot, at least in canon, where these lightsabers came from. What do they mean? Um, now, some people believe, you know. The blue, you know, means you're a little more combative and strength mm -hmm. and agility is kind of your thing. And the green tend to be more focused on wisdom. Um, but, you know, there's not a whole lot of digging into lightsaber colors. That's more of an expanded universe type of thing. Um, so maybe we'll touch on it a little I bit I would more. like to. I think it would be cool, right? And and But what I, I want to know what you guys want from this series. Because I, I would love for this to set up something bigger. Um, and let's talk about the concept of the show or the show, this, the, the era and the stories that are coming out. They're calling them the Texas Rangers, the Jedi at this time of the Republic. So are, their boundaries are limited. There's a lot of unknown space out there, which is great storytelling. So I, I think for me, I would love if, you know, the Sith Empire is actually out there or... You know, if I don't know, because that it pulls in so much legend stuff, but I would mm -hmm. love if there's. I think they even mentioned the trailer an unknown threat. So actually, I was going to give you guys a little bit of background Please before we had this conversation. Do, I can't recall it. So a disastrous little story will ripple out through other story, through the other storytelling as the galaxy reacts. Mm, the Big Bang. So that's why oh. they're all <laughs> no. no. That's all. I, you know what? You know what we missed? My universe conversation. That's right. Yeah, that's we have our very own Carl Sagan. We had to cut right that. Here. God, that was such a good one though. Didn't make the final cut. Yeah. <laughs> Did it make the Michael's final having cut? an existential crisis from watching the universe on Netflix. I'll catch y'all up on it later. Now he's having an existential crisis by thinking about the High Republic. Seriously, but continue, Holly. Uh, Soul Story will kick off a hallmark of the initiative, delving into one event that will connect to the larger story as a whole, told through multiple books and comics. Mm. The creators note that readers will be able to pick up anywhere, but those who want to immerse themselves in the lore will get a more robust experience okay. from seeing it all unfold in tandem. Okay. Okay. I believe them. So what is that disaster? Right? It, it ripples. It it's a ripples ripple. throughout. Uh, we've, we've been led to believe. I don't know if this is fact or if this is leaks or rumors but a uh, 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 destruction of a ship so i think that there was an instagram post yes um, right that 
somebody who has a contact at Disney Books Ugh, where posted. Do you get these contacts? Where do you get these contacts? Jesus, I'd love that, to have them. That said that the disaster was something that kind of knocked out all of the spaceships. Okay, all of them, not I, just one. It it just said the spaceships. Okay. Interesting. But sometimes I feel like it's like a game of telephone. Yeah. And it's like, you oh, said yeah. this. Oh, yeah. I'm going to post it like this. Mm -hmm. So who actually mm -hmm. knows? Mm -hmm. But I will say that Char on the cover of Charles Soule's novel, there is a spaceship okay. in the background that does look like something is happening it's to it. It's on fire. It's not on fire. Okay. But I don't know. There's like little pieces of something coming off of it. Ooh. Maybe. Hello. I don't know. Hello. It's kind of... Yeah, looks like know. it's going down. It looks like could, something could be in on. trouble. It could be in trouble. It, well, I, I think regardless of what the disaster is, that sort of ties all the mm -hmm. stories together. Just the fact that they're going to be so tied together. It sounds like yeah. it sounds really interesting because, you know, what I've talked about on several episodes of this podcast is you go and you read the books and they're enjoyable yeah. in and of themselves. But they often let you down in terms of their degree of tie-in with the movie or right. even degree of tie-in with other content so That's many right. of them just really stand by themselves and other than like easter eggs like we called out yeah in the phasma discussion oh this sounds like it's kind of this or oh here's just this funny thing mm -hmm. that line that sounds like a line from episode two yeah this sounds like no it'll really like legit yeah, yeah. when you pick up a comic that comes out a month after one of the books, there's yeah. going to be stuff directly yeah. tied in from that book, which it will be a lot more rewarding as a, a fan going through the story, I think yeah. for it to be much more tightly woven yeah. than that. So I think that's the greatest purpose. And that's why I don't look for this to in the short term grow beyond publishing, Yeah, but it could be very enjoyable and rewarding in and of itself. If it is a story that, that connects a lot more across media. And Star Wars has told us that before. And yeah, you can make the argument for every single piece of media they put out that it ties in. But sometimes you read those, those comic books and they're like, this is necessary reading for the, and it really isn't. So you take that with a grain of salt, but I feel like they're going, they're doubling down in it. And that's why I feel like there's the potential that this could grow to something else and we could be in a Marvel phase of Star Wars. We talked about that with the guys on Casual Cast, that maybe this is one part of something bigger. You've got the Marvel movies, but you also have the television series that tie directly in with them, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I, I, I feel, and, and now you're adding in the comic books, I feel like it could be something, and I would love for it to be, not just, you know, a, a year of these novels, and that's what we call the High Republic cool that it really builds on something more. Before we get out of this conversation, I've got to... Luke, do you have a heart out, by the way? Oh, yeah, we can go like 45 minutes. Okay, that is perfect, because we've got a lot to talk about. But I want to end the conversation with the, the villains that we've talked about with the High Republic. Well, we haven't talked about them, but we've learned about them. Called the Nile. I think that's right. Right, Holly? The Nile. They look like a... They're calling them the Vikings of Star Wars or something like that. Holly, what what are we going to get from these villains? Do they look intimidating? Do they look like they're a worthy opponent of our Jedi Knights? 
Yeah, I. Sorry, I was trying to pull up a picture to get a refresher of yeah. what they look like. So, I don't. They look like orcs. But yeah, I guess so. I just feel like they kind of look intimidating because they have a lot of armor. They're yep. not very attractive to look at, and Ooh. they just like carry a lot. You of like heavy. an attractive villain? No, I'm just that. saying that they don't really carry very advanced weapons. Yeah. So they feel dangerous, yeah. but. They're not carrying laser swords. Yeah. I think a lot of them appear to be wearing some kind of gas mask too. Yeah. And one of the authors or on one of those videos they posted uh, suggested that there's some plot significance yeah. to that too. So that could be part of the disaster mm. potentially. I love that. Maybe they're off world and they're invading the Republic and maybe that's the environment that they're not used to. I don't Sounds know. It's like we are going back to... Parnassus, where the uh, radioactive disaster happened. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Something like that. We could learn a little more about these planets that have significance in Star Wars, but we didn't really tap into them much. Mm -hmm. That that could be a thing. That's something, going back to your original question, Michael, that's something that I personally am excited for to get out of these new novels and comics is that I like the new characters and I yeah. like going to new places and kind of learning about those and, yeah. you know, the locals who live on those planets and kind of like what they went through, because I feel like the struggle for everybody was different depending on where you are. You weren't always on a planet that was being invaded by the empire and mm-hmm. you weren't always on a planet that had a rebel base that was hiding away. So what happens yeah. to those people? Because they're still part of it. Yeah. And we learn a little bit in some of the novels, but yeah. I feel like there's still more to know. Well, and maybe we'll get to that. I, I've talked about this a lot in, a lot in past podcasts, but really we we only started humanizing the Empire kind of here late in canon material. We The Empire wasn't really something you were digging into. You didn't know how people lived on the Death Star, and there weren't love stories like we said. Like, we never got that until much later. So maybe we will see the Nile, their home world their interactions and not just some dark menacing threat that shows up in the jet. Maybe we'll dig into them a little more. Maybe that comes later. I don't know, but that would be fantastic. And Luke, I got to ask you this because you're familiar with these folks, not the Nile themselves, (laughs) but the Yuzin Vong from legends that organic, like non force sensitive villain, but could diffuse the force in the Jedi to where they could not use it against them. Could this be the new canon using Vong that we're dealing with? What is going to be, you know, what what is their you know trait that is going to make them a worthy adversary of the Jedi Knights with their laser swords? I would be surprised if they rehash something so mm-hmm. similar. So I think there's got to be a different quality to what they're doing. Yeah, uh, it might just be that they aren't directly confronting the Jedi because you can have. I mean, think of like the difficulty between. Uh, modern terrorism versus armies of nation states going yep. against each other. True. Armies of nation states follow certain protocols and behave in certain ways. True. Um, that it's a different type of confrontation that you have versus somebody uh, using guerrilla tactics. Absolutely. You know, um, operating in a less conventional way, uh, striking from the shadows and things like that, uh, and never knowing where they're going to pop up yeah. in, uh, in society. You know, so pop up anywhere so i think it's probably going to be they're going to you know a a less conventional force that is causing issues mayhem yeah destruction in a way that's just not easy to to put a lid on yeah despite the overwhelming um 
abilities of the Jedi. Yeah. They can't just snap their fingers and make this this go away. Plus, I think one of the things that you try to remember, try to keep in mind in, in Star Wars lore is that I don't think the Jedi Knights were ever supposed to be like an overwhelming nah. percentage of the galaxy. Yeah. The percentage of the galaxy's um, inhabitants. Yeah. So even though it, when you go to the temple, uh, you see a lot of them, it still probably represents a very small fraction of beings, sentient Absolutely. beings in the galaxy. So it's not like there's, um, they can just do whatever they want and overwhelm yeah. anybody even, given their better abilities even. And we see that in all, like any instance of Star Wars, any one of us have been in a moment of Star Wars and say, why don't you just force push him? <laughs> you got a freaking magical power. He's got a blaster. But they they always are up against a worthy adversary to a point where sometimes they have to tap in deep. Sometimes they kind of drop something on top of them. But more often than not, they find themselves in hard places. How did the freaking... Anakin Skywalker, one of the greatest Jedi of all time, get get you know taken prisoner by the freaking Geonosians. I don't know, but he did. So yeah, it could just be you know, it could just be numbers. I, I love your expression of putting a lid on it. You can't just put a lid on it. I love that. I'm be using that a lot. But I, I was just curious because we only saw an image of a couple of them, but it almost seemed like that was a comic book. I think. And maybe they're getting their own issue. Maybe we learn a little more about it in the comic book, which should be cool because then you don't have to like dig so deep into them, but you can use a lot of imagery to share their home world with us and what they're doing. Um, but if they are off worlders and they're not a part of the Republic, um, maybe they're wearing masks because they're not attuned to the, the environment. And, and I don't know, but I, I want to think about this for a second too. So we, you think about the Sith, at least I do, when we talk going back in time. But Star Wars, even canon Star Wars, Star Wars tells us that the Kith, the Kith, the Sith haven't been around for a millennia. So it doesn't, am I wrong in thinking that we're not even going to touch the Sith at all? Or could we be hearing, you know, stories of Plagueis or his master? Is, is that a possibility? I don't know. No. I have no idea. That's honestly, okay. I honestly feel like I always think that something's going to happen in Star Wars when they drop these new things. Yeah. And then what I wanted to see or what I thought was going to happen <sighs> doesn't even get brought up. But you so still love it. I do. So I don't know. I think that that's a hard thing to speculate. Yeah. Things that go way, way back when they've only told us that we're going back 200 years. Yeah. I don't know. That's fair. I, 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 I love that we're going back in time. Um, I know a lot of people maybe want to go a little further, but I think it is a good a good place to start this new era of Star Wars, and maybe we can build upon something you know from the past that's familiar, like Revan, um, that you can appreciate in a new way, maybe like we do Thrawn now. Thrawn was fantastic in Legends. Thrawn's fantastic in Canon. Put him in a different time period. Same dude. It's pretty genius, and it worked out well. So maybe we see something like that. Um, also, these yeah. are these are all we are not writers as Star Wars fans. Some of us might be or might think that we are, but ultimately, yeah. like 
these are all writers who we know and we trust and yeah. we love their content and we read it because we like what they're putting out. And so yeah. I think just having all of them in a room together and having them all so excited about the new content that they're putting out, that's like enough for me Yeah, because I trust that it's going to be good stuff. Oh my God. Absolutely. They're, they're all, they've all proven themselves. Like Luke said, they, most of them have multiple works and, and, for me, I haven't really picked up a Star Wars book and new canon material and be like, that's utter garbage. Like, they've all had value to them. Um, even Leia that we're doing in the book club here March 14th. March 14th. Little plug there for that. Um, so I don't know, guys. There's a lot that we're going to learn about the High Republic here soon. I personally just want to see what the mind of the Jedi looks like right now in this time period. It seems like they're calling it the High Republic it's a time of ultimate peace in the Republic. So they're going to let their guard down and we're going to see what happens. So I'm excited. Now, guys, the meat and the potatoes of this episode, one may call it. We just ate our vegetables, Luke, right? We just had our vegetables. That was a really hearty conversation. So it's, you know, some artichokes and some Brussels sprouts, really hearty vegetables. Now we're getting into the meat and the potatoes, Okay. We are talking Star Wars soundtracks, folks. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest, this may have been more difficult than the movies themselves. Luke, am I alone? Well, yeah, it's it's, a, it's hard to separate the, the soundtracks from the movies uh, and, and look at them in a vacuum on their own. And it's really a different experience, too, just listening to the soundtracks without the, the visuals of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's a different way of evaluating them. And you might feel different about something watching it in the movie and hearing it versus just hearing it for its if for its um, you know, its musical quality. Absolutely. Rather than the imagery that goes along with it. Uh, so yeah, it can it can it can go different ways depending on how you're how you're yep. experiencing it. But I mean, I've had a lot of fun kind of going back through uh, some of the soundtracks and uh, just appreciating more parts of them that you forget about a yeah. little bit it's and it's tough to do it's tough to separate them from because so many people i've gone on youtube and there's lots of videos out there that take john williams score out of the scene of star wars and they just show the video and you're like eh, that's cool it's the music that really brings it to life and it's sometimes hard to separate that when you're lit like today cleaning out the garage, um, listening to some soundtracks. Neighbors probably thought we were nuts, <laughs> Holly. What are these guys? How do they get motivated listening to that? What is that, Star Trek? No, it's Star Wars. But we're listening to Rogue One. And Rogue One has such memorable scenes in it. And the music really complements those scenes well. But I will say, like, I, you know, Jen getting, you know, or her family getting murdered at the beginning, mm -hmm. and her mother at least. Um, and then other parts of it, um, when they were, I can't even remember now at this point, but it, it really complements the scene so much. And when I listen to it, I'm like, that's that scene. And that is a lot of Star Wars for me in the soundtracks. Um, but it isn't necessarily something that I would just put on and have it playing throughout the house. Though, I, I mean, I do, but it's not my go-to. So when I was thinking about this, I'm like, what is my go-to? Like, just that I would play for anyone coming in. It may not be Rogue One, but it may be something else. 
Um, so that's how I kind of thought about it, but it's very difficult to take yourself out of the moment of the scene because I mean, it, it, it's it, to me, there's, there can't be one without the other. It's very difficult. Ranking the movies is hard enough. Now ranking the soundtracks. I, and we're <laughs> only doing a top three with some honorable mentions. Um, so I, that, that I will, I will kind of, you know, come out and, and, and give a little, a little, you know, message about that in the beginning, because I, I, I don't know. I feel bad doing this, but there's, I, I appreciate all of it. Um, but that's where my mind is. when doing this is that I would sit and listen to it lying in bed and I would go to it just for the music alone. But, um, Luke, you had some honorable mentions outside of your top three and we are doing the soundtracks, right? Um, and whether it's, you know, you love one, you know, one track from that particular soundtrack and that puts it in the top three as a whole. That's, Fantastic. But you had some honorable mentions of soundtracks outside of the top three. Any in particular that you want to highlight? Yeah, I'll say some of the ones we're not going to touch on because they're not in our top three. Uh, Return of the Jedi in the one of the ones I always love is yeah. the, the sort of Emperor's Come throne room theme with the uh, you know, with the sort of uh, chant, sort of male chorus chant to it almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard some interesting, I haven't like delved into this, but I've heard other people say that the end credits like celebration scene on Naboo for Phantom Menace is an, is an up, upscaled, higher tempo version of the same melody, Yeah, which is kind of a crazy, um, crazy genius thing yeah. to do with something. Yeah. Um, because what, what I will say too is, is I have a, I lean towards more often than not a greater appreciation, a greater appreciation of the first soundtrack per trilogy because it sets so many things in motion. These soundtracks are all referential of each other. Yeah. And, and so much of the themes and melodies that are set up in the first movie of each trilogy get referenced back to, yeah. Um, throughout the, the remaining soundtracks of the trilogy. So that, that, that sort of, the connection that the soundtrack draws between movies is amazing. Yeah. So, so something like that with the, the sort of chanty emperor's theme from return of the Jedi reemerging in, in a more jubilant, joyful Absolutely. Uh, fashion is, is just genius. Um, and then like the Ewok village music, you know, it's just fun. Oh, it's so good. That celebration is so That's one of my, so that's one of my favorites. Know? Just like to listen to because yeah. that's fun. Oh yeah. So is six an honorable mention for you? Yeah, it's an honorable mention because it didn't make either yeah. of our top three and it no. didn't make the community top three. So I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the main one because you kind of took some of I was going to take in yeah. the honorable mention route and then turned them into some of your favorites. Ooh. So I won't I won't yeah. get ahead of you. But I will say uh, Revenge of the Sith is probably the most unique yeah. soundtrack yeah, in the, I agree. and sort of the weirdest. But by design, it's like very a lot of it's unsettling the instrumentation that's yes. highlighted is is different than most all of the other movies uh there's some kind of really out there stuff that makes you feel unsettled because you're supposed to because the it's a tragedy yeah. it's an unsettling you know story that unfolds in front of you yeah. it's not it's there's not many moments of triumph there are so you're there's absolutely not, right you know crescendoing triumphant score there's well, ah crap this is not good eerie just yeah. look at the titles of each track anakin's dream battle of the heroes anakin's betrayal general grievous palpatine's teaching grievous and the droids 
Padme's Ruminations, Anakin versus Obi-Wan, Anakin's Dark Deeds, Inner yeah. Lord Vader, the Immolation scene. There's uh, the whole damn soundtrack yeah. is is dark. So if you recall me you know, my movie rankings, I had Revenge of the Sith as my second favorite yeah. um of the nine saga films, but I it doesn't make my my top three soundtracks for yeah. for, for that reason. I agree. It's a, it's a but it's an honorable mention for me as well. I, I just I mean, Inner Lord Vader, like that just sends chills down your spine. Um, Anakin versus Obi Wan, I mean, is is epic. Because we can't, guys, I want to play the scores for you, <laughs> but we're going to get flagged for copyright infringement. So we cannot do that, but Luke and I are going to do our best. I'm enjoying ability this. to kind of recreate it for you in a you know a safe manner, um, and, and I <laughs> also want to come out and I, I think I'm going to say this I think Holly was a bit overwhelmed with this. Yeah, I was a little overwhelmed with this, and a lot of you know a lot of it's because we've been moving, we've been getting our lives together. Like it's been it's been a lot. I'm not gonna lie, I overexerted myself last. You overexert week. yourself, and so I have shut down. <laughs> listening to soundtracks while being this busy has been difficult. So I'm probably gonna have Holly continue to listen to more of this. Not that she doesn't know the music, but come back at a later time and say, "Guys, here's a few things that I really love." But so we weren't aren't gonna go to Holly a lot here, but she's going to offer you know her thoughts as we go. Um, Luke is the most prepared. I am probably the second most, and Holly the is last. the third most. Um, so you're gonna hear a lot of Luke and, and quite a bit of me. But I, I totally share his honorable mentions for the exact same reasons. Um, but and we do, as Luke kind of alluded to, we have the community's top three in the Star Wars flying casual, um, fam casual fan I'm, I'm blending a lot of things there the casual fam uh, facebook page there on facebook so um you can join in the polls there brent put in a great poll and sent us all the results so we're going to share those with you at the end but uh, i want to go to luke for his number three star wars soundtrack all right, my number three. <laughs> and feel free to, to you know to give us an example of whatever it is that you're talking about. I would I would say um, I have to double check. Like, sorry, my mind's a little fuzzy after the discussion. I want to make sure I'm not contradicting myself from what uh -oh. I sent you earlier today. Uh oh, just I'm just pulling an audible, looking at my uh, my text messages. Okay. Okay, that's right. All right. Making <laughs> like, sure I'm remembering it. this right. Episode three was my uh, favorite. I, <laughs> I forgot. I have Empire. I have Empire Strikes Back as my third favorite. Okay. On uh, again, if you'll recall from my film rankings, it's my top film. Yeah. Uh, third favorite soundtrack. The highlights for me, um, the Imperial March, so iconic. Yes, so a iconic appears here. Everyone knows that. Even people who don't call themselves Star Wars. Th fans could yeah. probably hum that one absolutely uh so you know that just has such significance for the saga yoda's theme oh. is one of my favorite themes it's it's a yeah you know it's a s subtle um s somewhat somber s sorrowful yeah um tune in, in many ways um you know because he represents the the fallen jedi order yeah um Falling from its height it. and just a, a, a guy alone it. in a swamp, yeah. And so there's a, there's a sorrow sorrowful quality to it, yeah. But 
the wisdom's there. Absolutely. You can sense it in the music. Uh, and I, th I think it's just a beautiful piece of music. Uh, so I always love hearing, hearing that. Um, I'll recommend people go pick up the, I think it's, it's the age of line that has is Yoda's single comic about him and listen to Yoda's theme while you're doing it. Ooh. It is just such a good comic, such a good score continue and then kind of the, the other track that that rounds out some of my favorite favorites from this um uh soundtrack in general is the the music played during the uh the asteroid field pursuit yes, yeah and i love one of the great things again about the way the soundtracks uh, are referential of each other they they play us some of it in solo Absolutely. when they're leaving kessel Right. And the empire, the imperial show up, and they got to go, you know, off track Good call. and go through all the stuff. They play some of the same melodies and things um, from that. And it's, it's just amazing as a fan, so um, you know, immersed in these movies that when you're in the theater seeing Solo for the first time, when you hear that, it's like, oh my! Absolutely, here's the Falcon being chased by Imperials again. Absolutely, and, and that familiar. that same that same music comes up. Uh, so it just yeah, it's sort of a comforting. Yeah, like familiar blanket and then I'll, I'll say it's sort of the the love music between han and leia that plays sort of yeah um especially towards the end as he's being frozen uh is you mm. know just it's got a little bit of like leia's theme mixed in with some newer stuff and yeah yeah wow nailed the pitch <laughs> it is oh it's gorgeous and i'm not gonna tell you guys where i have that on my list just yet but luke i couldn't agree more the empire strikes back is not only one of the greatest films of the saga, it is also one of the greatest soundtracks. Um, in Luke's top three there, and I couldn't agree more with everything that he said. Um, do you want to go through your number two and one? Or do yeah, you yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah. My number two is uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Let's go. When you re-listen to this thing, it's just, uh, it, it's it's fantastic i mean say what you want i know it's a divisive movie yeah um i'm much higher on the prequels than than your average fan yeah uh so i i understand that but objectively i think anyone can pull that soundtrack up and say this thing is just incredible it it starts and ends with duel of the fates absolutely i think many people agree that it is one of the best um Star Wars songs, period, from anything. Yes, absolutely. The, the, and I don't know if I ever heard this before, but preparing for the episode and starting to look at these things, if you look at the uh, the Wikipedia page for, there's one just for this song, The Duel of Fates. Yeah. And it says uh, that the lyrics, and this is wild, the lyrics are based on a fragment of an archaic Welsh poem. <laughs> and I don't know the pronunciation of this, but it looks like Cad Gadu. Um, but instead of singing it in any Welsh language, they then took those lyrics, translated them into Sanskrit, oh. mm. which is like the oldest, I think, known language, yeah. uh, known written language anyways, um, but is mostly dead now, not really a, mm -hmm. a used language. So yeah. they, I, I guess they, John Williams probably wanted it to sound out of this world mm -hmm. for a Star Wars picture, you know? Absolutely. So let's translated into this language nobody speaks anymore and it, it has this you know we have these this choral intense yeah. rendition of these lyrics from a welsh poem in sanskrit and it sounds amazing along along with the music and it just makes that final battle of episode one so much more intense it does um anakin's theme 
Mm. is another great one. It sounds like it's hopeful, the hope that Anakin represents. Yeah. But it's got like that hint of sorrow yeah. that the music knows it's not going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's like a beautiful melody with a lot of strings playing most of that part um, from the orchestra. Um, and there's parts where it kind of, it, it sounds hopeful and then the notes sort of drop lower in that mm-hmm. sense of doom Yeah. in a way that it represents his fall and kind of like an, a slight feel of the Imperial March, just a touch. Absolutely. Uh, I love um, sort of the, the foreshadowing of, of the story that the that music has. Mm. Uh, the pod race start is just great when they're all, you know, pulling up their pods to the, the starting line. Yeah. It has like a very uh, medieval joust is about to begin. Yeah. Yep. Like horns blasting, a lot of brass like coming yep. in. Yeah. Um, and like a rolling snare drum. Um, the scene, uh, I kind of forgot about it until just listening to the soundtrack by itself. When they're swimming to Otagunga, when Jar Jar is yes. um, leading uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, yeah. it's like this really kind of beautiful, eerie, choral yeah it's it's beautiful um and then the one i can't stop humming over and over again (laughs) i came into your office at work was it doing it no is is like the the droid army um yes march yes yes it's 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 played again a lot in attack of the clones it's referenced um kind of disappears for Revenge of the Sith, but um, I just really have grown to love that track, listening to it. It's one that stands alone by itself really yeah, well. Absolutely. Uh, so just so many great tracks and sort of one of the the best standalone tracks yeah. in Duel of the Fates. So. Love it. God, he is in-depth and sweaty in this, and I love it. I am going to pale in comparison in my descriptions, but... Um, I'm going to finish up with my number one. Go with number one, my friend. Number one, I had to go back to where it all started. Like I said, with everything, I'll beat this dead horse. Everything is referential of that which came before and drawing connections. So to me, it all comes back to a New Hope score. Yeah. Yeah. The main theme, again, like the Imperial March, the other song that anyone knows, regardless of their level of Star Wars fandom, when they hear it, uh, Leia's theme is... uh, is fantastic and, and referenced throughout so many Star Wars movies and blended into other things. And it's just, um, I, I see a lot of Leia's theme in Ray's theme. I think John yes. Williams said like, this needs to be sort of an adaptation of Leia's theme in a way. Mm-hmm. Once I go to write Ray's theme, um, as Ray being sort of a one that follows in Leia's footsteps in a way. Uh, so it, it, it's really fantastic. And, uh, the force theme or, you know, what, yeah, people might call the the twin sons that first appears when Luke mm. is standing there looking out at the twin sons mm. contemplating his destiny. Yeah. And it might be the melody, the theme that repeats the most in the entire saga, Absolutely. potentially. Absolutely. Um, it gets woven in at, at those moments of, of critical importance throughout the entire saga. Yeah. And so that to me, it carries such weight. Absolutely. And re- it's, referenced over and over again so it, it is so important and and so um gives you that star wars feeling just deep down uh, and so that's that's where it all began it's what everything else draws from it's 
No, no mention of mouse robot and blasting off, but that's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what that is. Um, and I can't play it, folks, because, like I said, you don't want to get flagged for any copyright infringement. And, Luke, I couldn't agree with you more. The the throne room, I mean, hell, we start the freaking podcast off with the theme, and it's just, it's, it's so Star Wars. It's such a celebration. I just, there is no Star Wars without with me. And then the, the Force theme, I mean especially when you see Luke in his end and they're replaying that force theme. And it's just, I mean, it's so complete for me. It's his hopeful beginning. And then it's his really, you know, purposeful demise. I just, I love everything about it. It, it is star Wars. And I, and I, I'm going to shock you that, um, yeah, I'll save it for later. Um, so, guys, if you expected anything like that from myself, I'm really going to disappoint you um, because Luke is much more in tune with his self and his uh, feelings about this these soundtracks. And honestly, like Holly, I haven't had a ton, ton of time to dig into them, but I know what I love and I know what I went to in college. I know what I went to when I was studying for exams. And that's that's what it's a gut feeling for me a lot of times. But just like the movie reveals of my top, what did we do? Top five? I don't even know what we did. We, no, did, we did all nine. We did, did all, all nine. nine. That's yeah. right. We did all nine films. I have an update there that we'll talk about in another this episode. Jokester. This jokester. But uh, I'm sure with a little more time, I'll, I'll dedicate some some more thoughts of this. But I'll go through them as quickly as possible here. Um, uh, my number three, guys, and this may surprise a lot of people, but is The Force Awakens. Uh, Ray's theme to me and, and, and the scavenger opening with her is one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard in my life. It's insane. Um, and I know that it's kind of, yeah, it kind of defines the soundtrack and there isn't a whole lot on there that you can reference other than Ray's theme. But to me, um, it just, I don't know. It embodies, it's the first, it's, it's like when I heard the force theme for the first time and meeting Luke Skywalker for the first time, hearing the scavenger theme and Ray's theme gave me that hope of this is our protagonist. This is who's going to be our savior. And I, I'm pretty sure maybe even Rise of Skywalker, they brought it back, and I can't I can't remember. I need to listen to that more. I haven't listened to that soundtrack at all, actually, since the movie came out. Um, but I can't imagine they didn't come back to that in their final moment as well. But that, to me, def it was defining a whole new generation and a whole new protagonist, and it's beautiful, um, and it's memorable, and, and it's obviously stuck with me, and, and, and just like these other these other tracks have. Um, that's, my, that's my top three guys there. Well, um, I would yeah. add into that. There's a song, I think it first appears in a track called like March of the Resistance on the soundtrack. It's yeah, the yeah, scene yeah. when uh, the X-Wings are swooping in, which is one yeah. of my favorite shots of Star Wars ever. When the X-Wings are swooping in and the Force Awakens yes. at uh, Maz's castle. Yep. And the, the, what I would call kind of the Resistance theme plays because it's used again in The Last Jedi yep. and in Rise of Skywalker Absolutely. again, the way that that first movie in the trilogy sets the tone. Yep. And it's it's themes reappear throughout Absolutely. in different ways is so i would call it the resistance theme i don't know if yeah. many other people talk about it in that way yeah um but it's getting kind of kind of a march yep. feel to it and a militaristic feel yeah and it it keeps coming back it does. And it's one of my favorite um sequel trilogy it's the it's for me it's the song they're playing in the locker room to get pumped up for battle 
Like it. Yeah, whatever. It's something like that. Yeah, but to me, it just good. thanks, guys. I mean, that's. A, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's a first sound effect tonight. Um, but yeah, so to me. It's such a, I know, you know, maybe it's, that's not in anyone else's top three, but that's a number three for me. Um, so maybe some surprises there. Um, number two, no one can say that Mike shows too much hate to episode two because I'm putting episode two, um, Attack of the Clones, as my second favorite Star Wars soundtrack. And yes, Across the Stars is one of the biggest reasons for that. Across the Stars is, like I said, I was in college. I got my freshman year very stressed out in college. I mean, that's a lot. That's the same experience for a lot of people. And I needed to revert back to something that was familiar, something that would calm me down and give me focus. And Across the Stars was that. Was I probably a dramatic teenager at the time or something or young adult? Probably. Probably going through girlfriend issues. Who knows what exams i felt like i was in over my head and i reverted to attack of the clones i reverted to across the stars i reverted to yoda and the younglings it was just so comforting to me and it is some of the best of john williams that's out there and that is very memorable but it may not be one of my most favorite films but the music is just beautiful um, but like I said, there isn't the, the love pledge in the arena. And Luke and I talked about this before we came in. It is a lot of the cross the stars throughout. Um, but it has, I don't know, different inflections that, that, that make it different. Um, little more strings there when they're coming out and in, into the, uh, the stadium on, on Gian, on Geonosis. And it's a little more epic and, and you pan and see the stadium. And it's just, it's, it's amazing, but it's one of those soundtracks that I will just play to play because it's beautiful and it doesn't you know when i think of across the stars you know i'm not thinking of like anakin and padme i'm not thinking of them you know on that balcony they're getting married i'm not thinking of that or in the grass or in the grass rolling <laughs> around in the thicket or what, what, I don't remember what we said last the pucker brush the pucker brush the bramble whatever it is um but it's just I don't think this is one of those soundtracks I just will listen to because it's beautiful, beautiful music composed by by John Williams. So um, I couldn't, you know, really pick out the scenes in my mind, but I know that it's beautiful. And I know that's that's what I reverted to when I was at my darkest times or my most stressed. It just was a beacon home. And, and I freaking loved it. Luke, what we didn't talk about Attack of the Clones much, but what, what do you what do you love about? Yeah, folks, this this was like a real uh, <laughs> shameful moment for me when Mike when Mike told me that he was going to put it in his top three. I felt like I had betrayed <laughs> betrayed my film because if you recall, I am the guy who had Attack of the Clones as number six in my movie rankings when most had it at nine. I, the community rankings it might have come in last as yeah. well. Um, and Across the Stars oh, is one of the best, the best. Uh, Star Wars tracks there is. And and for me, like strings make the orchestra, your violins, your cellos, yeah. violas. Yeah. And it is like this just this beautiful uh, string arrangement. And it's so powerful, so moving. Yeah. Um, you you could play that for anybody and, and yeah. it doesn't matter that's a Star Wars song. It's 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 brilliant. 
Uh, so for you to, to put it on the pedestal you have <sighs> Had to. of number two <laughs> on your soundtrack rankings, and I I turned my back on it. <laughs> it, it, it. It felt it felt it felt difficult a, for me to process. But I, I I say as good it is as it is in terms of a an overall soundtrack rounding it out. That's really all there is. There, no, there really is. Yeah, for the Attack of the Clones soundtrack, it's, it's across the stars and almost nothing and, else. And the Yoda so, and the Younglings is probably yeah, but it has. So I similar. gave I gave more weight to the soundtracks absolutely. that had a more diverse set of powerful yes themes absolutely. as much as I adore. And if you were rating single themes, single tracks, You're right, I might rank across the stars first. Absolutely, but in terms of the soundtrack as a whole, I, it didn't it didn't end up making my top three, and it hurts. If we would have done top tracks, I think we would all have been pretty yeah. much on the same page because mm-hmm. it is, and that's the thing. Like you're looking at the it, more of the, of the whole catalog that it has to offer, and saying like, look at that, look at all that material, um, like an Empire, and and you'll see that. You know, I also appreciate Empire as well, but you know how I, I was with the movies. It's a feeling. And that it's just it's those memorable moments, just like, you know, Luke seeing Luke for the first time and stuff. It, it was just something about that theme. And and it, when it opens up, it's kind of whimsical across the stars. And it's a lot of harp action or whatever is making it so whimsical. And I don't know if that's a clarinet that's doing that main da, da. Wait, wait, that was singing a different different part there, but um, but I, I don't know if that's a clarinet or what that is. I did I didn't even look up what it was. I want to say oboe. Is it an oboe? I don't know. Um, we'll look it up. We'll get that right. But it's something that it, it, it kind of you know there's a solo part there with just that 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 wind instrument. Um, but then when you go to Geonosis, the, the strings pick up that main theme, but it's freaking gorgeous. Um, and it's just so vulnerable there at the beginning with that that solo clarinet or ober or whatever it is. Um, it's just gorgeous. But so episode two for me, and I know Luke is biting his tongue, but he loves the film. He loves the score, and so do I. Um, so I've got that there at number two. Holly, I played across the stars for you today, and you're like, God, yeah, that is one of the best. Yeah, it was a it's good one, one of the best. It brings us home, mm-hmm. um, especially when cleaning the garage. <laughs> I love it. Guys, and then number one for Michael, I want to say it's a tie. And this is a an audible on my Whoa. part because I didn't share this with anybody. Whoa. But I won't I won't make it a tie, but A New Hope would be my tie with Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, like Luke said, it's just a catalog of beautiful melodies, not even something that's just like repeated like across the stars but there's just so much good stuff in there um it it takes so much time to dissect it but the imperial march like luke said is one of the most identifiable themes and 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 it's just powerful um you can't miss it you know exactly what it is um yoda's theme is is very similar for me to to across the stars and race theme i would say yoda's theme Ray's theme across the stars and then the main the main force um the main force theme it's probably that's star wars for me mm-hmm. that's just star wars um so yoda's theme i mean it's just one of the best things on this entire soundtrack um him training luke that follows after that is also awesome um i personally love it um 
And I think the duel, you know, Luke and, and Vader is also it's one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. And part of that is the music behind it. Um, very similar, though, with, with Episode 6. Um, and I am kind of shooting myself here because Episode 6 is one of my favorite, favorite films and, and and the music behind it also makes it um but then again so is episode four and luke's theme um i call it luke's theme it's really the force theme or whatever and um what is it the finale um the throne room finale yeah. that's why i wanted to make episode four and five a tie for me because the throne room is one of my favorites and how i'm wishing we would have done tracks now that i'm mumbling through this i'm like we should have done tracks <laughs> you can do tracks we can do tracks at another time but so for me, guys, Empire Strikes Back is just, it's not only one of the best movies, it's its one of the best soundtracks, it's one of the best scores, um, with some of the most memorable music that, that really defines Star Wars. Um, and I know you guys agree with that because we have our rankings. Holly, you have the rankings. I do. Courtesy um, of Brent, I will say, Brent came in killing it, put out a poll in the group, got all the polls together and have ourselves a flying casual Facebook group official top three soundtracks. What are they? Okay. Should I read the email or you just want me to read the top? Let's three? do the top three and then let's read Brent's email. Cause he, right. he wraps it up beautifully for us. The top three empire strikes back is number one. Number one. Rogue one is number two. That's a, that's a game changer. I will say. And the Phantom Menace comes in at number three. It's at Dual Fates, I think. We got a oh, lot yeah. of love for that. Yeah, um, I'm surprisingly more in sync with the group this time. I was a little all over the yeah. place on the movie rankings <laughs> compared to the group. but uh, And admittedly, I haven't spent enough time yeah. with the Rogue One soundtrack, uh, which now it's my homework to give mm. it another listen. Yeah. Uh, because... I, I call it, I don't know what it's called on the soundtrack exactly, but I consider it Jin's sort of theme that, yes. that gets played throughout it that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I actually listened to a little bit of it earlier today. I just didn't have time to go through the whole soundtrack again, and I didn't think going into my like preconceived notions about the soundtracks, just going into kind of thinking about this discussion. I didn't think it was going to be near the top, so I didn't spend a lot of time re-reviewing it. Absolutely. Uh, but seeing that, seeing that feedback from the, the gang, uh, I want to definitely dive in a bit more. It's 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 different. It it really is. Um, I think of uh, is it not jet? It's not Jetta, but uh, whatever the outpost is that they arrive, they go. It's really it's almost like hammers hitting. Uh, I don't even know what I'm I'm describing. The but one just, where uh, Galen is on the when they attack the platform. Is that what we're talking about? Or? No, it's, it's the, the upside down place or that outpost that, um, that, um, God, why am I forgetting all the characters names? Um, Oh God. Uh, Oh my God. Who am I? The main, main guy who our main spy. Cassian. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we just talked me. about him last we episode. Just talked about for a long time. So Cassian, at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, maybe that's not even the, place but there's one track and i wish i could play it now but it, go? It, it starts off with really like like almost like hammers I, I can't even explain it but it's really heavy um maybe it is jetta and then you hear the like there's a bunch of i don't know it's it's weird stuff and i love it um and i think that's it's it's so fascinating though that the group picked this i mean it's a great movie but 
I haven't heard a lot of people, you know, speak to the soundtrack a lot. So we, we probably, you know, I, I see Jen Urso and the and the Hope Suite. Like I see all these things that like I love Jen and and I love her theme. Um, so maybe we need to go back and, and check this out a little more because honestly, I didn't even, when I thought about soundtracks, I wasn't even considering it, but yeah, we totally told everyone, yeah, consider everything. Um, so we're going to check that out more guys. And so that was number two. What was number three again? The, the, the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. And like we said, Duel of Fates really just bringing it home and, and it's, that is, it is, it is Star Wars. It, that defines the prequels. It, it really does. I mean, for a lot of people, I'm sure, that hadn't had Star Wars in a long time, um, a new generation as I well. I do want to point out yeah. that these were all tied for the top spot. So that yes, was kind of the important absolutely. thing about the email. Uh, the results of the poll for the community's top Star Wars score is in, and we came up with a three-way tie. Oh, okay. So I, wa- I, oh, yeah. I felt like that was okay. important to say. I missed that. No math this time, just the results. With six votes each... The top community picks are the Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One, and Phantom Okay, Menace. well, that's my bad. So that actually makes that. it, that makes all of them kind of like the group's number one. I love mm-hmm. it. I love that then. That's fantastic. So go ahead and finish up Brent's email. It was, yeah, I don't know, it um, just really wraps things up nicely. While most think of John Williams as the music band of Star Wars, the next round of Star Wars composers have been nailing it as well. As can be seen by Michael Giacchino's mm. Rogue One tied for the top spot. Yeah. And John Powell teaming up with John Williams for Solo was awesome. And we probably need another podcast to talk about the music from The Mandalorian by Ludwig Goranson. The kidding. future of the Star Wars music is in good hands. Part of the magic of the Star Part of the magic of the music of Star Wars has always been the ability to tell the story through music. The Last Jedi score only mode only Many said only Made. Yeah, but the Last Jedi score only. I think is there's awesome. a way you can watch you you watch the movie with no sound yeah. but the score. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Score only mode. Thank ah, you. Ah, okay. It's awesome. I really struggled through that. <laughs> oh, I am so okay. sorry for everyone who just listened to that. I did too. Let me start over. The Last Jedi score only mode is awesome, and I hope Disney does this for all the films. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing your rankings. Yeah, no, it's the more you think about it, and 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 he's absolutely right. We could talk about the Mandalorian. Rebels has a great. Okay, Rebels I will say this. Music. My, I kind of felt like I needed to rewatch all the movies to oh, give yeah. my top. Yeah. And I did not have time to do that. That's okay. Because. Like both of you had said, it's kind of like the feeling you get when you watch the yeah. movies and listen to the music. And so I haven't had a lot of time to actually like sit down and pay attention to both of those things. Yeah. But the most recent experience that I've had with the scores for Star Wars has been Rebels, yeah. which I love. I yeah. love, love, love the music in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly enough, the Fallen Order video game, which kind of sounds great. stupid if you think like, oh, this video game has like music that I really love. But I just think it's it's also very different because yeah. it kind of introduces music in Star Wars that our characters are hearing and yeah. not just that we're hearing as a viewer of the movie or Something like that, and yeah. I think that that's really unique too. But oh, absolutely. Anyway, well, I mean, also listen to the freaking whoever put together the trailer for the Battlefront update. I about wept watching the trailer, and I was just like, "What?" And the music was beautiful. It was all freaking fantastic. And Brent's right; like the future of Star Wars is bright because what they're doing is so different. Even Rogue One itself is so different. 
Um, and sometimes when you when you you know taking out the crawl and you're not getting that main theme in the beginning, and you're like, we gotta this is defining this differently. Like we need to feel Star Wars, but we gotta do something different. Um, it makes it interesting. It sets the tone for something new. Um, and the Mandalorian's definitely doing that. I cannot wait to hear what we find in Obi Wan. I cannot wait um, because it, I, I feel like it's going to be very emotional and because this is going to be an emotional series with him. And, and so Brent's right. The future is bright with Star Wars music, and, and it may not be John Williams, but there's also other bright minds out there mm -hmm. um, writing great pieces, and we just get to bask in it. And it's you can do it you know, just opening up your computer. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. I couldn't be more pleased. Um, so guys, I really apologize for not being as prepared, prepared as I wanted to, but if you listen to anything Luke said, you were probably weeping while doing it because the man knows what he's talking about and it brings all the feels and that's what the music is about. And that's why it's memorable. It makes us feel, um, as does star Wars in general, anything else to say about soundtracks, anything so if you want to lose a couple of hours, you just let all the covers <laughs> of, uh, of yeah. the Mandalorian theme song that True. are on YouTube play, in, and uh, they're pretty incredible, too. That's a great point. I still need to do that. I have not done that with The Rise of Skywalker, and I have not done that with The Mandalorian in its entirety. So definitely going to do that, guys. But if you didn't you know, join the poll, let us know what it is that you love so much about Star Wars music and, and what are your favorites. We'd love to hear it. Um, do what Brent did. Send us an email, you know, at flyingcasualcast at gmail.com. Yes, so you can hear me struggle through it. Well, hey, sometimes <laughs> it's tough. Reading can be difficult. Um, I know that myself. Speaking can be difficult on a daily basis, mm. Holly, so don't feel bad. Um, but you can do that. You can join our Facebook group there on the Facebook. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter. Holly's doing a great job on the social media lately. You're killing it. Such great posts. Um, if you like our William Sonoma cookware that we'll be using here soon, go ahead and check that out too. Um, really great find there that only took, what, five months, Holly, to get That's delivered. Right, so but we got it. Definitely a hot topic. Not hot topic, but it was a hot item um so guys check us out wherever you can um those are our favorite tracks those are our favorite soundtracks those are our favorite themes it was an emotional episode i'm really sorry for not recording the first 15 minutes guys i'll do better next time folks we'll see you next week 